you're about to listen to the IC News Podcast. We release new episodes each and every Saturday. If you're enjoying the show, please take a second to leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. It really helps us out, and your support means the podcast can reach a wider audience. And let's be honest, what the fuck else have you got to do at the moment? Watch Tiger King again? Just click the goddamn button already. Stay safe. Stay home. Wash your hands, and enjoy the show. You're listening to the IC News Emergency Broadcast System. Stay safe, and stay at home. Health Secretary Matt Hancock emerges from self-isolation and then turns around and sees his own shadow, meaning the country is in for another six weeks of nuclear winter. The Pope asks God to stop the coronavirus epidemic, with God replying, new phone, who dis? The Queen will address the country tomorrow and is expected to drive home the importance of young people staying indoors by threatening to release Prince Andrew onto the streets with a bag of Haribo. And finally, Jeremy Corbyn bids goodbye to frontline politics after his final day in office as Labour leader. No matter what you think of him, nobody has left a party redder since the prom scene in Carrie. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the IC News Emergency Broadcast System. The network is currently in lockdown, meaning we're all working from home, and I'm reading the news in my pants. You're welcome, Britain. It's currently 8am on Saturday the 4th of April, meaning that later on today the big political story will be the Labour Party announcing the winner of its seemingly never-ending leadership contest. Whoever the winner turns out to be will be back next week with all the hottest new smears of the season, as the country looks forward to selling its soul to another decade of proxy rule by media oligarch. We'll be loading you up with all of the Murdoch Empire's hottest new catchphrases for eroding the already flimsy semblance of democracy offered by a two-party system. Whether it's he's a metropolitan lovey, or she's just Jeremy Corbyn in a dress, or it's Lisa Nandy somehow, no, I don't know how that happened either. For now, though, the ability to predict what might happen remains beyond us here at IC News. Instead, we're forced to deal with the grim and horrifying reality of life as it currently stands here on Earth Prime. To that end, here's Tom King with some advice on how to better support the NHS here in lockdown Britain. The following segment is a public service announcement on behalf of the IC News Network. The coronavirus pandemic currently sweeping the UK is a national health crisis. All UK residents must now stay indoors and follow good hygiene practices in order to help flatten the curve and alleviate the pressure on our health service. You may leave the house for one form of exercise a day or to shop for essential provisions. You must maintain a safe distance of two meters from anyone outside your household whenever possible. In this time of national difficulty, it is important to remember to not contact our emergency services for less critical health concerns. If you have any of the following symptoms, it is unlikely you have coronavirus. Finding yourself telling others that Boris Johnson is doing a good job. Comparing him to Churchill. 
craving the taste of boot leather, dismissing criticism of governmental incompetence with the phrase, now's not the time to politicize a crisis, comparing COVID-19 to the flu or advocating social Darwinism, muttering, thank God Jeremy Corbyn isn't in charge of all this, even as you watch the country slump into the exact worst case scenario you imagined for his leadership. None of these are symptoms of coronavirus. Instead, it is likely that you are suffering from a temporary loss of basic critical thinking skills caused by generalized anxiety. None of this is your fault. It's a scary time for everyone. That desire you're feeling to protect and look after your neighbors and loved ones by shielding them from negativity will feel unnatural. It's called empathy. You might not have felt it before, but then you've never felt particularly vulnerable, have you? Why would you? You're white and reasonably well off. It's important to breathe and remember why you're feeling this way instead of bothering the NHS. You may need to turn to universal credit and think you might struggle to survive on just over 90 quid a week. Try to remember that just three months ago, you thought anyone living on it was a freeloading scumbag living a life of luxury. If that's true, you should be able to afford everything you need, with plenty of money left over for cigarettes, special brew, and iPads. You might be frightened about police overreach and worried that you'll be stopped whenever you go outside and persecuted for no good reason. Again, try to remember that just three months ago you were calling people of colour on Question Time racist for suggesting that institutional bias still exists in this country. If that's true, maybe you're the one being racist against the police when they fine you for having a barbecue. You might be feeling an uncomfortable swell of pride in the selfless actions of your fellow man and woman as they put themselves at risk of exposure to a dangerous virus. You might even find yourself feeling that NHS workers, teaching staff, refuse collectors and supermarket workers are human beings who deserve to be applauded for their actions and paid a viable living wage for the essential work they do. Try to remember that just three months ago you voted for a party that wanted to deport all these people because they didn't meet the arbitrary financial threshold you placed on the value of their existence. We must do all that we can to combat the spread of empathy. Stay home, wash your hands, hoard your gold and try to remember that hopefully, in six months time you can go back to not caring about other people. Supporting others is socialism and socialism is only for the banking sector, big corporations and certain airlines. Oh, and don't bother the fucking NHS if you can help it. Seriously, we're busy. If you've been watching the daily coronavirus briefing here in the UK, you'll be aware that we've been scraping the barrel a bit recently in terms of who's left healthy enough to present it. Waiting for the celebrity reveal every day has been a bit like the masked singer, except everybody is Patsy Palmer and nobody can answer a direct question about why we aren't fucking testing anybody. This week we've had Dominic Raab licking his fingers and Michael Gove not needing to due to his perpetual genetic moistness. First, Raab tried to reassure Brits stranded abroad with all the competence and authority of a doctor winking at you as he warms up a rectal thermometer in his mouth. Michael Gove then pulled excuses out of his amphibian's cloaca about the lack of reagents needed to boost our testing capacity. 
There was no mention, of course, of the fact our government was doing fuck all to order said chemicals months ago, when they were readily available and the WHO had warned them a pandemic was clearly looming. Alok Sharma was next, pulling off the ambitious feat of talking for 40 minutes without saying a single thing, and then Matt Hancock was back to set an ambitious new testing target that was 150,000 a day fewer than the one Boris Johnson promised on March 19th. Of all of this has left you confused, frightened and utterly ignorant of what the fuck's going on, congratulations, you're probably presenting the press conference tomorrow. The UK is still desperately lagging behind on testing, even for frontline staff, and the government has only just now begun to address our national shortage of lab facilities by contacting universities and hospitals to start using theirs to produce testing kits. Michael Gove did have some good news for us among the chaotic nonsense, however. Fewer people were using buses, until he pointed it out, and then all of a sudden people started using them again. While our own government saw the truth in the street once and is therefore able to vaguely describe it to a sketch artist, over in the States the Trump administration is in full propaganda mode. Dominic Raab might have less credibility than a hole in a public toilet wall labelled free lollipops, but he's got nothing on the Donald. Seriously, if you're worried about the dystopian nightmare we're currently muddling through, just stick on one of the White House press conferences instead. You'll come away convinced we've got our shit together. Thankfully, we've still got boots on the ground over in the States in the form of our most expendable reporter. We now go to our latest duplicate of Rob Mulholland with a report on America's handling of the crisis. Thanks, Sam. I'm Rob12, and if you thought panic buying was embarrassing over in the UK, try getting hold of an AR-15 here in the States. Gun sales are through the roof as they're deemed an essential service, even though in most states schools are now closed. If you've got a grudge against your friends, you'll now have to go door-to-door -door in order to spree-kill with any efficiency at all. It's just one of the many ways typical American life has ground to a halt as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Just in case you've forgotten with everything going on, this is an election year. Trump's regular festivals of misinformation have been stopped outright by the new social distancing measures. His rallies are cancelled, and not just by sexually ambiguous millennials with purple hair and excessive sanctimoniousness. Without rallies to fire up his base and taunt the media, the president has turned instead to a truly captive audience. Desperate Americans looking for a glimmer of good news in the White House's daily press briefings. They've been predictably insane, with Trump repeatedly waffling back and forth on social distancing, touting unproven miracle cures, and praising a pillow salesman. Boy, do you sell those pillows? It's unbelievable what you do. I can only assume they're selling so well because half of America needs something soft and affordable to scream into right now. The press briefings here are textbook propaganda, seeking to recast Trump's early handling of the coronavirus crisis as anything other than disastrous. Just a few short weeks ago, he claimed it was all set to be over in a matter of days. Now he says between one and 200,000 deaths will be a great victory. This is Trump's grifting dialed up to 11. His usual con job is to waffle back and forth, claiming maybe this'll happen, maybe it won't. He can then turn around later and justify any fuck-up by claiming he predicted it. That sort of ambiguity means the president's messaging on what people should be doing is cloudier than a syphilitic's piss. 
Communication between federal and state level is currently paralysed by complete incompetence, with Trump passing the buck on to individual governors and blaming them for failing to get an early grip on the very situation he spent months downplaying. The states is now the global epicentre of the pandemic, and Trump is not enjoying having to take responsibility for any of it. Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter, that's what I say. And I think it's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people. After a furious backlash, testing has finally ramped up drastically here, but make no mistake, the Trump administration has one eye on public health and one eye on restarting the economy regardless of whether or not it costs thousands of lives. After weeks of historic stock market collapses, the recovery only began after Trump started musing publicly about getting the country open for business again by Easter. It was only after a desperate attempt to talk Trump around by the one intelligent adult left in the room, take a bow Dr Fauci, that America's social distancing measures were extended to the end of April. Americans can now see for themselves that capitalism is an engine that runs on blood, and Donald's expectation is that the faithful will be more than willing to die for it. Look out for November when presumably the new slogan will be Martyr America Great Again. Then there's the real good news. Trump's approval ratings are up in the face of all this because there's nothing like left-wing criticism of your complete mismanagement of a crisis to fire up your loyalist, misguided sense of oppression. Owning the libs is heading to a whole new level of human sacrifice, so buckle up, everyone. The crazy train is only just leaving the station and we won't find out where it stops until November. Over here, everybody. This man's criticising the president. Oh, look, here come the Red Hat Brigade to advocate for my free speech. This is what you get for politicising a crisis when we should all be putting together, you traitorous piece of Democrat shit. <laughs> Woohoo! See that? Two metres away, just like the president said. Now let's go drink some aquarium cleaner like he told us to. For those of us working in the media, it's important to remember the positive role broadcasting can have on all of our lives, even in one of the country's darkest and most anxious times. This week, the BBC revealed it would be unveiling an ambitious series of programmes to support children's education. In a newly isolated world, we're increasingly turning to the media for succour. Here at IC News, we aren't deaf to the desperate bleating of the proletariat, which is why the emergency broadcast system will, moving forwards, be allocating a section every week to positive news stories or new content designed to alleviate the stress of life in lockdown. One of the biggest new burdens facing parents trapped with their offspring is the responsibility of keeping them engaged with their own education. So, Danny, it pains me to do this, but today we're throwing to you to round off our show with some positive content. What have you got for us? Hello, Sam. If you've been on lockdown by yourself for a while now, you'll be in the same position as me, bored out of your skull and chafed to pieces. With TV studios shut down and our regular programming interrupted, there's fuck all left to watch. In these desperate times, you may even have found yourself turning to YouTube. In this brave new world of individually produced content, we've had teachers becoming viral superstars and the Joe Wicks workout tugging on the quims of homeschooling mums everywhere. For freelancers like me, it's a potential goldmine, which is why I'm pleased today to unveil to the network my brand new YouTube channel, Danny's Alternative Bedtime Stories. Yeah, Danny, I'm not sure this is the right place for self-promotion. You, kind sir, can shut your fucking face. 
The advertising revenue for my jet washing business is about the only thing keeping the lights on in this place at the moment. So how about you unbutton the pants on your little rule book and let the great big dick of free enterprise swing free for a minute, eh? How colourfully persuasive. Yeah. Gloves on the other foot now, innit? What? Shut up, will you? I'm here to talk about my new venture. If you're stuck at home with the kids, struggling with their English lessons and bored out of your mind with reading The Gruffalo for the umpteenth fucking time, Danny's alternative bedtime stories will take the nighttime story off your hands. Every night at 7pm, I'll be live on YouTube, streaming into your children's ears and eyes before they go to sleep. There's got to be a better way to phrase that. All donations are gratefully accepted through me PayPal account, but... Before you start definitely giving me all of your money, I'm here today to treat you to a Danny's Bedtime original. Settle down, tuck yourself in and close your eyes. This is the Tiger King who came to tea. Fuck me. Once, there was a little girl called Sophie and she was having tea with her mummy in the kitchen. Suddenly, there was a ring at the door. Sophie's mummy said... I wonder who that can be. It can't be the Walmart truck full of perished meat because that came this morning. And it can't be Daddy because he's got his key. We'd better open the door and see. Sophie opened the door and there were 17 big, furry, stripy tigers and a man with awesome tattoos and a bleached mullet wearing a shiny tiger print shirt and leather trousers. The Tiger King winked and said... Excuse me, but I'm very hungry. Do you think I could have tea with you? Sophie's mummy said, Of course, come in. So the Tiger King came into the kitchen and sat down at the table. Sophie's mummy said, Would you like a sandwich? But the Tiger King didn't just take one sandwich. He took three and he lit up his meth pipe and said, That bitch Carol Baskin killed her husband. Danny, I'm really not sure how appropriate this is. Then, the Tiger King smoked all the meth and ate all the biscuits and all the cake until there was nothing left on the table. Sophie's mummy said, Because a tiger had ripped her arm off and blood was spraying all around the kitchen. And Sophie found she couldn't fashion a bandage and run the tap because the tigers had eaten all the cloth and drank all the water in the tap. Well, this is really bleak. Just then, Sophie's daddy came home. The Tiger King looked him up and down, his eyes lingering hungrily on daddy's crotch. He bit the corner of his lip and said, Daddy, would you like some meth? It's got magical properties. It gives your lower inhibitions and a sexual energy to try something new. Would it really have been that hard just to do with going on a bear hunt? And Sophie's daddy said, I know what we'll do. I've got a very good idea. We'll all smoke meth and join this murderous cat-themed sex cult. And they all had a lovely supper with sausages and chips and ice cream. Then, Mummy slowly bled to death on the kitchen floor as Sophie played with an adorable little tiger cub and the Tiger King took Daddy by the hand and slowly led him upstairs. The end. I'm Danny Sutcliffe and this has been your bedtime story. Check back with us later in the week for other original classics like Where the Gone Wild Things Are and Fuck Off, Bernard. Now go and donate through PayPal, you tight bastards. Sleep tight, don't let the bedbugs bite.
<sighs> Thank Christ for that. Now that your children are successfully traumatised into sleep, it's time to call an end to this particular episode of IC News. Before we go, though, here are the headlines you may have missed in between napping and wanking and staring out of the window like a caged canary. Boris Johnson is to extend his period of self-isolation as he still has a temperature, meaning the entire country is now a lot like his children and hasn't heard from him for ages. Researchers raised security concerns about the video conferencing app Zoom, revealing it has odd encryption and routes data through China. A Home Office spokesman has defended the Cabinet's use of the app for meetings, saying there could be no risk of sensitive leaks when it's already no secret the government has no idea what the fuck it's doing. Prince Charles opens up the NHS Nightingale Emergency Hospital via video link. Paying tribute to the health service, the Prince of Wales stressed the importance of making difficult medical decisions, like denying medical care to women in their 90s after their sons sneak upstairs and cough on all the corgis. And finally, the owner of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, has offered to donate $100 million to American food banks after finding it down the back of the sofa on his diamond-encrusted super yacht. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a second to leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. It would really help us out. Each episode of the podcast is written and produced by Sam Gore. In this episode you heard Sam Gore, Allison June Smith, Tom King, Rob Mulholland, and Danny Sutcliffe. The main IC News theme is written and performed by Eddie French, and the graphic design is by Chumchi.com. In this episode you also heard two tracks by Kevin McLeod from www.filmmusic.io, Glitter Blast and Sincerely. Full credit for their use, and for the use of any sound effects under the attribution license, are given in the podcast description. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at icnews at gmail.com. We'll be back with a new show next Saturday at 8am. Until then, stay safe. Stay home. And wash your hands.